Okay, keep your seat. Hebrews 4. Well, we got goings on tonight, ain't we? Things got asthma. Still got asthma. Hebrews 4. I heard you, Dean. <laughs> Beginning with verse 12. <clears throat> Bless you. Anybody else got any confessions? If this has anything to do with the comment of a short sermon, here's what it says. For the word of God is quick. It's also powerful. It's also sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto his eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then we are, we, seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession of faith. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Brother Rusty, would you lead us in prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. God the Father hates sin primarily because it affects his ultimate creation. You and I are his height of his creation. Of all that he created, we're the ones, we're the only ones that communicate with him. And so as we think about this, the, 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 this entire portion of God's word here deals with the, and embodies the grace of God. We've already sang about that tonight. Uh, it talks about the, the agape type of love. That's love unconditional. Not I will love you if, but I will love you always. He said even to the end of the earth. Um, this love came through and comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was a representative of his father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. If you've heard me, you've heard my father. The older I get, Lynn says, I'm, uh, the older I get, the more I get like my daddy. Now that could be good and it can be bad. 
but I've heard it said that when I speak, they, they say, you sound just like your daddy. When I laugh, you sound just like your daddy. Well, Jesus said, if you've heard me, you've heard my father. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. And we are a reflection of who he is. And I think sometimes, I look at these beautiful windows. Now, somebody, the people have a concern in our remodeling or whatever we're going to do. Oh, we're going to save our windows. far as I'm concerned, we're going to save our windows, okay? We're not going to do away with these beautiful things. Look at the colors. It's okay to look up at the colors. Look what they are reflecting. On the outside, it's, it's all sunshine, pure sunshine. But when it comes through the glasses, Different colors, just like you and I. We reflect the love of God in different ways. It's the marvelous, wonderful, matchless grace of God that he gets. Hey, it just keeps on pouring it out on us. All we've got to do is reflect it. But sad to say, some of us, I said us, do not always reflect the love of God in our conversation in our actions, in the way we love one another. So as we think about this, you know, hey, uh, yes, I do reflect my daddy. And Lynn reflects her mother. Hey, I loved her mother. If anybody ever had a good ma-in-law, I did. We never had a crossword. Not even when I said, hey, I want to marry your daughter. Hey, that's the way it should be. Reflections. What are you reflecting? What am I? Uh, we as a collective body of, of First Baptist, what, what are we reflecting out to the communities? I shared with you this morning, someone said, why is it called First Baptist? I said, well, cause, probably because it was the First Baptist church that was born in Westminster. Don't know that, but possibly it was. But when I think about this marvelous grace, I want us to look at it because ever so often, not every year, but ever so often, Lynn and I, we get a letter from the insurance company concerning our house. And it simply says it's time to review your insurance. Okay, you know what that means. They're going to review it. And, and we need to, and I'm sure a lot of us, we've made changes and so we need to let them know, hey, we've added this or we've added that because they got a record of what we've got. And if you add on and you lose that, then they're going to say, hey, we don't have a record of that. That's just like people say, Lord, Lord. The Bible says that in that day, uh, there people be saying, well, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that in, in, in your name and this, that, and the other? And he's going to say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. You never came up for review. How many of us review our salvation experience? You know, I love to recall uh, back at Mount Pisgah Baptist Church off highway, on Highway 88 on the set of, side, uh, set of concrete steps on the, in the side door there. And after I accepted Christ, they removed the pulpit and took up the floor. And that's where our baptistry was, underneath the floor. And I recall getting baptized. Well, to change clothes, you had to, you had to walk back this way, go through a door, and crawl out a window and go down a set of steps into a room to change your clothes. I remember all of that. And I'm glad for that, to go back and reflect and renew 
how and where and when uh, I was saved. Now I could do the same thing for my calling to, to, uh, to, to the Lord to, to preach his word. I'm thankful I can go back to that. I can go back to the, to the spot where I asked Lynn uh, to marry me. And, and the night that I gave her, she tells a story. And we like to renew and talk about it. The night that I gave her the diamond, um, hey, we went to the Shining Tower. How many of you remember the Shining Tower? Hey, that was the height of restaurants back then. I mean, I, it's, hey, Bonanza hadn't even got here then. Somebody don't even remember Bonanza. I'm not talking about the cowboy show. I'm talking about the steakhouse. And we gathered at the Shining Tower. I can almost, of course, they done tore it down. Everything Lynn and I ever went to had anything to do with they tore it down. But we were sitting there, and I'm thinking, man, I want me a steak, and I want me a baked potato and a tossed salad. She didn't know what I was going to do. Well, she orders a hamburger, and I'm thinking, yeah. Look at well, they brought my salad. She didn't realize probably my nerves was tore up. I got my salad and I salt and peppered. I tore up my crackers. And you know what I did with my crackers? I crumbled them up on top of my salad. <laughs> and she tells that this last. Read new. What is going on with this thing? It's don't stop. I'm going to cut him off. Mr. Nick can't do a lot of things to these gadgets. But anyway, it's time to renew. It's time to review this marvelous, matchless grace that we have. You remember what uh, uh, Paul was throwing in the flesh? Beg God to get this thing out of here. He said, I can't do it. My grace is sufficient. I will see you through it. So listen to these simple little things. First of all, we we need to renew and think about uh, how the marvelous grace redeems us from sin, okay? When we think about Ephesians 1, 7, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood according to the word of God. It's God's grace, not mine, not yours. It's God's grace, and he loves to give it, okay? The, the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. It's sweet if you're saved because, hey, I once was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Uh, you see, kings and presidents cannot pardon our sins. Silver and gold can't buy forgiveness. Medicine and science can't get us forgiveness. But Jesus can and will if and when we invite him in the form of the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Comes in and cleans house. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through Faith, nothing you and I have done. I didn't do a thing to deserve to be saved. Not one thing. But a vacation Bible school teacher saw an opportunity to tell a young boy about Jesus and how Jesus died and gave him an opportunity to pray and invite the Lord into his heart. What do you see? What do I see? We see, when we see lost people, are we interested enough in them to share Jesus with them? You see, so many people, listen, adult crowd for sure, older adult crowd thinking, nobody cares. 
Nobody cares about me. I've, you know, hey, I've lived in this community so long and nobody has ever came to my house and invited me. I wonder what they do in their own Sunday. You'd be surprised who goes back and forth and wonders about these things. It's amazing what God does with us when we, hey, just go back and renew that marvelous, matchless grace. Not only does it redeem us from sin, but it relieves our fears. In Psalm. 56.3, what time I am afraid, I'll trust in thee. There are a lot of things that frighten us and causes fear. And uh, I don't have to tell you, today's world's full of fear. You know, we're probably more afraid now since 9-11 than we ever have been. I mean, hey... Um, whether they were or whether they were not. I had a young boy. He's a member of this church, been helping me some, and I took him down, and we went to, uh, down to uh, Love's there at the restaurant, and, and we were having uh, our dinner, and he said, look. He said, there's a man over there with a turban on. You know, he's thinking, and I'm look, I looked around, I said, yep. And we didn't say a whole lot. But he recognized, hey, there's something different here. He's he got a turban on. Maybe, maybe he's one of them trying to slip in here. But 9-11 started a lot of fears in a lot of people's hearts. Suicide bombings, uh, the war. In fact, today, uh, Josh was just, we was talking, and he said, what about that pressure cooker bomb? I said, can you imagine all the metal in every direction it went when that thing exploded, crippling those runners? and bystanders innocently. I mean, hey, people said, are there any hot spots where you're going? I guarantee it's not as hot there as it is here. Hot spots. Well, you know, we got wars, rumors of wars. That's what the Bible says. Um, job layoff, plant shut down, people losing their work, losing the job, losing this and losing that. But there's one thing you can't lose. Listen. And that's that marvelous grace that God shed upon us when we invited him into our heart. We can lose everything, but we can't lose our salvation once we've got it. God's not in the taking back business, okay? Now, he's not happy with a lot of us, his young'uns, and that's why the Bible says he chastens every son whom he loves. And somebody said, well, why don't he get on with it on so-and-so? I don't know. That's up to God when he does it. But you mark it down, the word says he will, and he will. So this marvelous grace not only redeems us from sin and relieves us of our fears, but as we, we uh, review uh, this uh, grace, uh, it reassures uh, through danger. Danger. Hey, well, there's danger on every hand. Um, it protected Noah. This marvelous grace protected Noah during the storm. Hey, he, he weathered a, a, a 40 day and 40 night rainstorm. 40 days and 40 nights. He made Abraham faithful. That grace did. He made him faithful. It gave Moses patience with the first Baptist church in the wilderness for 40 years, round and around and around. <laughs> it caused Isaac to be obedient, this grace of God. It caused Nehemiah to work hard, rebuilding the wall, 
It caused Joseph to be honest. Marvelous, matchless grace. And through Jesus, it renews our faith, our strongholds every day. It's renewable. Now, we'll get a cancellation sometime from the insurance company. We're no longer going to cover you for this reason, okay? God's not going to say that to us. I'm not going to any longer cover you. My grace has been withdrawn from you because you are slack on your payment. What if he did? Hey, we, a lot of, hey, there's not a one of us in here is not guilty of being slack on our payment to God. See, I didn't know we had to pay for it. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for commitment. And sometimes we get slack on those areas. Marvelous grace. Let me give you a last one right quick. The rewards are eternal. They're going to last on and on and on. In 1 Peter 1.13, all of us have messed up somewhere. Let's turn to that 1 Peter 1.13. You don't have to turn. I can get it right quick for you. Um, wherefore, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. Tighten up. And this is what he says he wants us to do. I want you to be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you. And here's when it's coming. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. At his appearing. I, I know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I hope I'm alive when he comes back. I mean, I just, I want us... It, Hey, it's going to happen real fast, real quick. I might miss it as far as eyesight goes, but the graves of, of, of the dead in Christ popping open and sailing through the air, and we sailing through the air, and Jesus sitting on the clouds, stopping in the clouds, and we're going to meet him in the air, and the Bible says, so shall we, we shall ever or ever be with him. Never, ever having to say goodbye anymore. All that stuff that we know about will be over uh, and gone. Um, all of us lack rewards and our reward is coming. Our reward is coming and Jesus has already laid it up for us. He's done prepared it for us. And uh, we sing that song when we've been there 10,000 years. Bright shining as the sun. <laughs> it's going to be on and on and on and on. I can't imagine uh, eternity. And being in the presence, I'm talking eyeball presence, okay? Being able to see him every, well, there's no day and no night, but we're going to constantly be with him, constantly be with him. Uh, this marvelous grace uh, is going to last forever, not only here below, but here after. And so I say this, we need to enjoy the grace of God and share the grace of God and, and that, that little quick acrostic on the word grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. He's paid for it already. All we've got to do is claim it. All we've got to do is to reach out and redeem that which he's already got prepared for us. Marvelous grace. And the thing about it is you can't match it. You cannot match it. I'm, I'm glad it is the way it is. Verse 16 says, let us therefore... Because of what we've looked at here in re reviewing uh, our, uh, the grace of God in our life, it says, therefore, come boldly 
unto the throne of grace. Let me tell you something. When, when the Spirit of God deals with the person, they can come boldly to the throne of God. They don't have to go through a man. They can come straight to God, straight to the source, and beg and plead their case before him. He already knows it, but he wants to hear from them. So that's what he's saying. Come boldly unto the throne of grace. And here's why. That you may obtain mercy. God wants to give mercy to his creation. And then find grace to help in a time of need. And there's not a one of us that don't need the grace of God. Every day we live, we need the grace of God. You say, how much more can we take? Don't know, but God knows. But he's going to be there for us and continue, continue to shed his grace upon us. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love, for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we we love you and we love your holy word. And we thank you that, that you have preserved your word. And you've asked us to plant it in our hearts. You've asked us to receive this matchless, marvelous grace that we can share it with others and be thankful that you have done what you've done for us. Even though we're not worthy, so many times we're not worthy of it, you continue to shed upon us because it's that agape love. It's unconditional. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts now in this time of invitation. If anyone needs to respond, Lord, this altar is open. God, you know it's here, and you know it's here, and you, you're here. And Lord, we just ask your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen.